Welcome to the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas that are shaping the future of agribusiness. Innovation, resourcefulness, and collaboration are essential for feeding a growing population, and we believe the agriculture industry is up for the challenge. Please welcome your host, Tim Hammerich. Howdy, thank you so much for downloading another episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hamrich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter and the founder of AgGrad. I want to sincerely thank each and every one of you listening right now. If you've hung with me over the past month, you'll know that I changed offices. And in the process of changing offices, my sound quality, I just couldn't get it back to where it was. It really took a, a dive. I was getting an echoey noise and uh, kind of faint versus my guest and just could not get the sound quality back. And uh, that is the worst thing for a podcast listener is to to try to listen to some good content with poor audio quality. Well, anyway, I'm very pleased to tell you that I have figured out the problem after trying everything I could think of. I went back through uh, every step of the way and realized that I had connected a piece of recording equipment incorrectly, and I have that resolved. So hopefully you're listening to this and thinking, okay, he sounds a lot better than he did the last three or four episodes. Um, I think we have it fixed from here on out. I will tell you that this uh, interview today is fantastic, although it was conducted before I fixed that audio problem. However, you'll obviously still be able to hear us, and uh, the content is certainly worth listening to. Have on the show today one of my dear friends. He was actually the first guest I asked to be a part of my initial podcast, which was called the Ag Grad Podcast. And that show has now evolved into this one. So you can't find that first episode anywhere. Uh, I joked with him on that show that I was going to bring him back on on episode 50 and episode 500. So here we are on episode 50, which I'm very pleased uh, that we made it this far. And I wanted to bring him back on the show. James is a partner in a firm called Cogent Communications, which does public affairs work in agriculture and agribusiness. Um, they have a very thriving young practice in Sacramento, California. So on the show, we're going to discuss with James how that's going, plus how he balances it with his sort of side ventures of being the front man for the Cash Tribute Band, which is a Johnny Cash tribute band, as well as being a drag race driver for his uh, him and his dad's drag race team called Skunk Works Racing. So anyway, really enjoyed uh, catching up with James, and I think you'll get some value from this conversation as well. So one last time, I'm going to apologize for the audio quality over the past month, but let you know that I am very pleased to report it has been fixed and can't wait for the guests that are coming at you. Thanks again, and enjoy this conversation with James. James, I had to bring you back on the show. You were the first guest of the AgGrad podcast. And really, I had to bring you back on the show because we don't get a chance to talk to each other outside of this podcast. This is the way to do it. Do the podcast, catch up. I'll see you next year. That's right. Well, yeah, it's been it's been about a year and a half ago I started the AgGrad podcast. And then we ended up changing it to be the Future of Agriculture podcast, as everyone listening would know now. Uh, so at that time, you were still with... Uh, your employer uh, doing corporate communications in agriculture, and we got a, we got a chance talking about a lot of stuff that we'll talk about here today. But but uh, why don't you catch us up on the last year and a half? What's changed for you professionally? Sure. First, congratulations to you, fifty podcasts, and you brought me back. That's right. In fact, that's a shock. You, we said we were going to bring you back for episode fifty and episode five hundred. So now I'm committed all the way through episode five hundred. <laughs> You're a man of your word. 
Oh, well, no, congratulations. It's a great thing you, you've started here and helping people get hooked up with good information and, um, you know, kind of where, where things are headed in agriculture. Uh, for for me, yeah, things have changed. So, right, when we talked last year or a year and a half ago, I, I was working at a public affairs firm. I was an account manager there, uh, but had started to to think about uh, going out and and starting my own business, and uh, ended up doing that with a colleague of mine. So we formed a a uh, communications business called Cogent Consulting and Communications, and so we try to be cogent and in all of our uh, communications, you know, clear, logical, convincing, and and that's really our goal as it applies to uh, you know the services that we provide our clients. So we opened uh, the door here on uh, January 1 of 2016 and um, started working uh, on behalf of a couple of clients that we had, uh, mostly all in agriculture, but not all, and uh, working on, on issues that affect you know their businesses um, and also issues that are important to their customers as well, whether that be um, at their customer level or ultimately uh, the end user, the consumer. Um, so that's where we are. We've, you know, we made it a year, <laughs> which is, uh, we're happy about. Uh, and it's been, it's been a real exciting adventure. I don't know, uh, what else to call it. It's been an adventure of starting your own business and doing all the things that you have to do to just get the business going, uh, while at the same time providing the service that, that, um, you know, our, our clients ex- expect and the services that we've promised to, to deliver. And without, like, listing off your whole client list here, uh, what, who are your sort of ideal clients or uh, what, what tends to be a good fit for Cogent? Sure. Uh, well, you know, I, I call ourselves a strategic communications and public relations firm. Um, and so commodity agriculture is, is, uh, is a good fit for us. Um, we do a lot of work uh, in the dairy community here in California, representing uh, a number of different um, dairy associations through a coalition that they're a part of. Um, we also do some other agricultural work too. But but anything related to you know to on the farm practices, uh, our strong suit is you know number one understanding uh, farming or dairying in, in that case. Uh, I mean, I grew up on a farm um, in Hanford, which is down in the Central Valley, and we still have the family farm. Uh, my dad still lives there, and um, you know, we grow corn and and and, uh, and alfalfa there for dairies. So you know, we we have an understanding of of the issues that are happening down on the farm and uh, anything related to that. And then we also have a a, a strong understanding and, and a lot of experience up here in Sacramento, uh, working in with the regulatory bodies. So you know the the rule, <clears throat> excuse me, the rules that are governing um, some of the farm practices today, and and that's really where things meet up. And so being able to understand what's happening on the farm and and being able to represent that in Sacramento um, or throughout the state at whether you know you might have a regional uh, regulatory board somewhere, so or a local board, even a you know county supervisor board, being able to to effectively and uh, coherently communicate the needs of the farmers and what the issues they're facing and, and trying to, to, you know, really be their advocate, 
that that's the goal and and make progress on on whatever the issue is right absolutely now in, in kind of this environment of, of really uh, data driven business has there been pressure on on your industry in order to um, provide more data about the effectiveness of your messaging or how has technology sort of shaped the communications mm, that's a great question um, it is you know your your clients want to see all right we're we're asking you to put together a strategy to communicate, you know, the progress that we've made as an industry. Let's just say that's the example. And, of course, they want to know, well, how many people saw it? How many people engaged with it? Who were the kinds of people that engaged with it? I, I will say that in today's day and age, I think it's a heck of a lot easier than it probably was 20 years ago before there was the Internet, you know, or 25 years ago. Uh, with, with something, take for example, Facebook. I mean, so many people are on Facebook or other social media platforms and they have, you know, designed a, a metric system and, and, and data collection that, I mean, you can just drill down to, to the nth degree and, and be able to see who saw it, where were they, what kind of people were they, these, you know, what their income was. It's just, it just is, I mean, we live in a great time that we're able to do that. You know, the other side of it is, oh, my gosh, there's just so much data. And some of it isn't important, you know, potentially to your clients. So you got to uh, you got to kind of weed through it. But I, I think about, wow, the, I don't know, I'm going to say the old days where, you know, you had to cut out newspaper clippings. You literally took the, got the newspaper and cut it out, you know, the, your article and that you would send to your client and say, oh, look, we had a piece in the in the New York Times or the Sacramento Bee, and this is how many people saw it. I just think that, wow, with all the collection out there today, uh, data collection and, and, and information, is just people want to see that. You know, you just can't say, well, we put this out there. Um, you you got to be able to say, well, who saw it? And, and you can do that today. Um, so I, I love it. I mean, especially as the world goes more digital, um, all, all those resources and tools are there. Yeah. How has uh, going out on, on your own here with, with your business partner, how has your life changed uh, personally, professionally, et cetera? What, what have been the big changes for you? Wow. Um, well, gosh, there's, I mean, I, I've run I, other businesses that, uh, that I have, you know, some, some, you know, just kind of side businesses. So, you know, owning a business wasn't foreign to me. And, but, you know, anytime you own the business, you know, the buck stops, you know, here, you, you got to think about everything, um, all the time. And if you, you know, don't have, if you're small and, and growing, you may not have, you know, the, the kind of staff that you want to have eventually, that means you got to do it all. And so finding the balance of doing the things that just need to be done, whether that's, you know, literally things here in the office and I'm looking at, I'm in my office now and I look over here at this big stack of papers. And I'm like, man, someone needs to file those. Oh, wait, that's me. I need to file those because I don't have anyone to file them right now. <laughs> uh, you, you know, just, just little things that, that need to be taken care of. Um, and just keeping the business, you know, up and running, making sure that your business license is there and your taxes and your payroll, things like that. Uh, and then balancing that with, oh, I got to do the things that uh, pay the bills, right? You know, number one is the client and you got to take care of, of, of their needs. So, uh, you know, it's changed that way because when you work somewhere else, you know, you know, my responsibility was, hey, service the accounts that I worked on. Um, so, so that's probably been the biggest change. Yeah, I, I could definitely relate to that. I mean, just the amount of sort of life energy it takes just to keep sort of the train on the tracks uh, takes everything from you. And then, 
when you say, boy, I should really spend more time doing X, Y, or Z, or really should drill down more into that, it's hard to find the extra <laughs> time and energy to, to do that when you're when you're having to just, just hold it all together and keep it moving. Uh, talk, oh, yeah. talk more about those side businesses. Uh, some A lot of the listeners, I would say, never heard that first interview we had, so they don't know about kind of the things you do on the side. So tell us about those. I thought that first interview and that first podcast would be the most listened to. You're telling me this is this is different. This is not the case. Well, we have uh, – thankfully, we have grown in listenership over the last uh, year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Wait. What was the question? <laughs> well, that's why we need to bring you back on. So your, your side businesses, you mentioned uh, some oh, businesses yes, you have yes. on the side. Tell us about those because I think they're really interesting. Oh, my goodness. Well, one of them is um, – and, and – uh, one of them is in, a, in the in the entertainment business. Um, I've been part of a a, a band uh, for uh, more than ten years now, uh, and we have a Johnny Cash tribute show. And so we travel all over the West mostly, but we do go back east from time to time. And uh, we have a professional Johnny Cash tribute show that plays in performing arts centers and theaters mostly. And uh been doing that ten years. I I'm the front man of the group and I also, you know, manage the group. And and I actually do that one of the ways in this business that that we have here that talking about cogent is I've been able to, you know, draw on those experiences of, of running the, the entertainment business and, and using some of those things here and even rolling that into this business as well. So, you know, because at the end of the day you gotta do some of the same stuff. You gotta do uh you gotta communicate. You have to go out there and, and have a product, sell the product, tell people why they want the product. So, uh, I've been doing that for, for like I said, a decade, and uh, it's fun. Uh, I love Johnny Cash, and that's really why why we do it. And uh, you know, go out and share the the music of Johnny Cash uh, with folks that, that want to hear the uh, the live sound. So it's been a it's been a real fun, you know, avocation, I guess I'd, I'd say. And the other thing too, which is really just a hobby, though, but. Uh, you know, we my I, growing up, my dad was always into drag racing and and uh, worked. You know, kind of had his own side business where he did a lot of fabrication work uh, with race car drivers. You know, building chassis, doing body work, um, and he he raced himself. And so I kind of grew up around the track. And uh, you know, probably the last oh I don't know 15 years, my dad and I we've raced together and. You know, he he has the car, and I get in and drive it, and we try to do that. You know, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times, a dozen times a year, and we have a lot of great fun doing it. Last couple of times we've been out, we've been blowing stuff up. I don't know why, but uh, that's part of it. So that's that's part of the part of the challenge. So does it does it uh, does he blame the driver and you blame the mechanic? Is that how that goes? Always. That's right. It's like, well, you know, if this car wouldn't blow up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might win a race, but and and you know, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, it's I I really joke. I, no, it's uh, you, you you know, it really is a like any other sport. You know, I I'd say it really is a team sport because there's times where you know the driver wins you a race, and there's a time when the car wins you a race. You know, and the driver wasn't on his game. So um, you know, you always you always you always remember that, you know. Um, I don't know. I guess I haven't kept track of of uh, how that has uh, broken down, but uh, that's kind of how we approach it. So, it, it, well, first of all, you're, you're being very modest on, especially on the cash tribute stuff. You, you, every time I turn around, you're on TV. 
Uh, you're in, I just saw you're in the Sacramento Bee, which is, you know, obviously a big time newspaper. Uh, so it's a cash tribute band starring James Gardner as the, as the front man, uh, singing the Johnny Cash tunes. And I, I still, I've never seen a performance and I can't believe that. So you need to come to Austin. Um, but as you're, as you're doing this stuff outside of, of your day job, uh, either on the racetrack or at these shows, I, I imagine the topic of, of agriculture comes up or your, your, your role in communications in agriculture. Uh, what type of questions do people have or what type of conversations do you have around that? Yeah, you know, agriculture does come up. I mean, obviously agriculture touches everyone. Everyone eats. And, I, I mean, they, I guess they come up um, organically in the sense that, you know, it's it's small talk, right? You know, what do you do? You know, wow, is this all you do? Do you just play music? So, oh no, no, I do this, you know, other thing. I I have a a day job, and um, and and then of course, you know, when it comes to people's food, people want to share their thoughts about their food, and a lot of times they like to tell you how you should eat, you know, <laughs> uh, because of the way they eat, and and it's you hear a lot of um, you you know, so you hear everything. From well, I won't eat this. And in fact, if you eat this, you're kind of a bad person. All the way to, you know, well, you know, eating this is unhealthy. So you know, there might be some ethical uh, conversations around the food. There might be some dietary, nutritional uh, conversations. There might be some sustainability and environmental type concerns about about food. And so you do you do hear a lot of that. And I think the takeaway for me is that. You know, food is emotional. How we eat, what we eat, and I guess not how, but but what what you choose to eat, um, it is um, you know emotional for people. You know, and I, there's foods that I like, and people want to share with you their their thoughts on that. And you, it's you know, it's clear to see that you know there's just so much more information out there today. Some of it good, some of it bad. You know, gosh, this term fake news, right? We we hear about that all the time now, and. And, uh, and, and its role in the election, but, you know, the, there's a lot of information out there as it relates to food and, and how the food is produced and what's it, what the impacts might be. And some of it may be right and some of it, um, isn't. You know, you've always got to, you know, question the messenger. Who's it coming from? Um, and I, you know, you just hear those conversations and, you know, I like to have those conversations with folks and share with them why I think, you know, American agriculture, and specifically here in California, um, is working hard to feed people and doing it in a uh, in a responsible, ethical way, in a way that's good for people on the planet. What are some of the hot issues that are out there affecting your clients and your work that you're doing? Sure. Well, you know, for for us, um, you know, the big top level issues, um, especially here in California, has been water. Uh, I think anyone listening and, and is familiar with agriculture, and even if you're not, uh, it's it's been the drought. You know, we've been in a four or five year drought here in California. This year, we had an amazing uh, winter. I mean, just amazing. Uh, lots of rain, lots of snow. Our water issues, um, in terms of supply, are in very good shape. It's been a pretty dramatic turnaround. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, oh, a year ago, every county in the state was in uh, in drought conditions, um, all the way up to extreme drought conditions, as uh, NOAA, you know, National Oceanic uh, Atmospheric Administration, classifies it. So, and now I, I just saw that here. I think in the last week, you know, that has been the whole state, with the exception of four counties, is out of drought, and those four counties are 
uh, off the top of my head, I think Kings, Fresno, mm, Kern maybe, and Tuolumne, I believe. So we've had just an incredible turnaround. That's not to say that you know water isn't going to be an issue this year. It is going to be an issue. Um, we have lots of it. Uh, the discussions will be around how do we move that water around and who gets what, um, coming down to much more kind of political decisions um, on, on how we use water. You know, the other issue that's big for for anyone in agriculture right now here in California, probably true throughout the rest of the country, uh, is water quality. And, and that relates to, you know, agriculture, farming's impact on water, you know, uh, fertilizers, uh, problem, you know, most specifically as it relates to agriculture, nitrogen, and, you know, how do we apply at an agronomic rate that's protective of groundwater? And so we keep working on those issues. Um, and no matter what kind of farming you're, you're doing that uses, you know, nitrogen, that's, that's going to be something to, to watch closely and how that plays out both on a regulatory basis and just a local basis, you know, making sure that you're protecting, um, na- you know, neighbors, uh, supply wells, your own supply wells. Um, th- those are big issues that, that we're dealing with. And then, of course, you know, just overall, I mean, the word sustainability is, is talked about a lot, and there's no doubt, uh, you know, that, that applies to all kinds of things, the environment, economics, uh, you know, communities. But, but sustainability, it's, um, it's something that, that we look at. It's something that we work with our clients on, and how do we communicate um, that, that they're delivering a product in a sustainable manner. So I mean those are those are the big high level issues that uh we're certainly going to be you know that we've been working on of course here in the state too labor we don't work on labor issues uh, specifically here in our shop but you know ag labor has has been a big issue um we had some new uh new legislation that went through last year as it relates to overtime uh when it comes to to uh farm labor so a lot of issues and there's no shortage of them here Well one thing I've definitely learned uh, about being in business and I'm sure you've probably seen this uh, both with Coach and as well as Cash Tribute and, and the race team as well as, you know, business is really all about building relationships. And what advice would you have on on um, effective ways to build good business relationships? Wow. Uh, boy, I, you know, there's – I don't think there's a magic formula for it. Uh, be good. Work hard. Deliver. Do what you say you're going to do, you know, and because people talk. So – uh, you have clients and you say we're going to do A, B, and C, you better do A, B, and C and give them D too, you know. Um, that's, that's a really important, uh, I, I, ju- I just think it's, it's so important, you know, because so much of, of our, um, business, you know, just in the short year that we've existed has really come from word of mouth and recommendations like, you know, someone, I mean, we're dealing with this right now, we're working on, on a new client and someone that we worked with years ago, said, oh, I know, you know, these guys out in California, they were in Chicago, and they said, oh, yeah, these guys, they know something about what you guys are concerned about. You should at least talk to them. We did, and now we're working, you know, uh, to, t- together with them. So uh, especially as it relates to agriculture, too, you know, the, the ag world is, is really pretty small. You know, I mean, we're, we're a big industry here in, in the country and in the state and an important industry, so I don't, I'm not minimizing its importance. But, you know, it's a pretty tight-knit community for the most part. You know, farmers know farmers and processors know processors. And, you know, folks in Sacramento, you know, we, you know, they know who those people are. So, you know, again, your 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 product and, and what you deliver 
Um, if it's quality, you know, people will come and, and seek you out and, and talk to you, and, and hopefully you're, you're doing the work for them. You know, the other thing, too, is, you know, not just applied to business, just be there. Just be present. I mean, so much of, so much of life, I, I guess the older I get, it's like, you know, 80% of success is just being present. Just, you know, don't, don't miss out, you know, so be visible, engage. And it's, it's not always from a standpoint of, oh, I'm looking for a business, but, you know, uh, be engaged in, in the civic groups, in the, you know, agricultural uh, organizations that exist out there, whether it's, you know, maintaining relationships through the FFA or through, uh, you know, your local communities, uh, the Rotary, uh, you, you know, Kiwanis, whatever. I mean, I, I just think that that's an important part uh, for, for people to be in, engaged with their community. And, and you never know, you know, you, who you're going to meet and what leads to, uh, to some work down the road. James, I appreciate everything. One last question here before, before I let you go. Um, what's an issue that you didn't mention earlier that is maybe not a hot issue right now, but you're kind of watching, wondering if it might not be in the future? Hmm. Well, if I, uh, if I say it, I, but what if it gets hot because I said it? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. We do have that large of a listenership here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure – there are very important people listening out there. So, no, I, I you know, I, I don't know that there's anything that's going to, you know, that's a surprise to anyone. But I take, uh, for example, I'm just going to use, you know, and we don't even really do any specific work on this, but, you know, FISMA, the Food uh, Safety Modernization, Modernization Act. You know, we've talked to some folks about that, and, and it's going to have, some some impacts down to the farm level where maybe we haven't seen that before, you know, where farmers are going to have to do more. I, I don't want to say, I mean, I'm not even sure the rules have all been written, but, you know, we had a, a session out here, oh, pro- probably more than a year ago, maybe two years ago, you know, just talking about things like testing, you know, um, pathogens in irrigation water. And, and that's, that's a lot different than anything we do right now. And so who does the testing? Where does the testing occur? Um, what about irrigation water? Does, does the ditch company do that testing at one centralized spot and they, you know, get to check off and say, okay, this water's good. And then you can send it through all these canals and it's, it's good to go. You know, when it gets to the farm, what about it would it pick up contamination down the line? And again, I, these are just all questions that I have. I mean, we don't know what that looks like. Um, I just think that you know we're going to see impacts to uh, to on the ground farming as those rules come into place, and you know commodity boards and 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 agricultural processors and farm bureaus they're all tracking this. I mean, it's not a surprise to them. I just think it's going to you know we don't know what that's going to look like. I, I mean, I did mention it before, but the whole topic of sustainability um, is going to continue to be you know an issue. Uh, people at this point, uh, there's more and more conversation around um, how is the how is the food produced, not what are you producing. You know, it's more important about how did you do it, and we, you know, necessarily compared to what are you producing. Um, continuous improvement. That's what uh, companies, consumers, um, uh, gr- what, what those groups are looking for. So we we can't discount that we we have to one continuously communicate the progress that we have made as 
farmers as as an agricultural industry over the years, and we've made some incredible progress, and we need to get credit for that. We need to make sure people understand that, you know, sustainability isn't an afterthought for for farmers. It's not something like, oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought sustainability up. I've never thought about it before. I mean, they're living the world of sustainability, you know, and I think the fact that they've had, you know, multi-generational farms that are keeping up with the demand and protecting the environment in ways that, you know, their father or grandfather, you know, didn't even know of, didn't have the tools available for them. I think that makes the case for, you know, how sustainable uh, agriculture is today and the advancements that we've made. Are there other things that we can continue to improve on? Of course, and I think farmers live that. You know, they they want to be better. They 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 live there. They want to protect the land, the air, the water, those resources. Their families live there, and they also want to produce. You know, a crop that is efficiently produced. It's in their interest to do that, um, and it's not only for them personally, but also for the environment. So. We need to make sure that people understand that farmers value what they're asking for. It's not an adversarial uh, situation, at least it doesn't need to be. So I know I did mention that one, but, I mean, any of those conversations and anything can fall under the sustainability umbrella ultimately. Um, and there will be other issues, but, you know, here in California we're, we're going to keep talking about water. I mean, we have for more than 100 years in terms of how we move it around. That's not going away and and you know FISMA will be will be interesting uh you know air quality issues here in California they've been very prominent um we have a lot of regulations related to them especially in the central valley i think we'll you know we'll just continue to to see more and more talk discussion and and you know i don't know possibly regulation on on those things um so there's a i mean there's a lot there's a lot yeah job security <laughs> I guess, I guess, I mean, you know, in, in in the way the world is today, and and we all know that, you know, more and more people are removed from from their from the food production, you know, from real farming. Um, there's going to be a, a greater and greater need to, you know, educate people about where their food comes from, how it's produced. And why it's produced the way it is today, and, and it may not match up with, you know, what a consumer thinks they know what a farm looks like or thinks or, or knows how it should or shouldn't operate. And I think it's important that we continue to educate people about we're not just guessing out here in the countryside. You know, it's not just, you know, wake up and, you know, oh, yeah, maybe I'll throw some fertilizer out there. I mean, everything has – there's an objective – there's a methodology for achieving that objective, and then there's some measurement on the back end, you know, and and that's what farmers are doing. And I don't think we give farmers enough credit. Um, I mean, I think in agriculture we do, but I, the general public of of how much thought, attention, and ultimately care goes into all of these practices. And we, you know, just personally, I I would love to to have people, you know, just understand what what goes on on the farm you know in terms of just how much attention to detail there is and how divided the time you know, farmers time is between a host of different issues all the way from you know growing and harvesting and crop inputs and protection against pest and disease and the weather and things you can't even control and then of course you know consumer expectations and corporate expectations from you know branded products there's just so much going on and we continue, we, we, as a society, we continue to go back and back to our farmers and say, give us more, give us more, give us more. 
and they do. You know, they have never not delivered in this country. Man, that's that was powerful. That's a great way to end the show, James. Thank you very much. If if somebody wants to reach out to you to learn more about what you're doing or to book the Cash Tribute Band, perhaps, how could they do so? Oh, boy. How exciting. Um, let's see. They can go to our, our website, uh, cogentcc.com. They can email me, too. I'm happy to do that. Um, can I give out my email address? Should I not? Oh, yes. I'm fine with it. Um, it's jgarner, G-A-R-N-E-R, at cogentcc.com. Check out our band at cashtribute.net. Awesome. James, thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. Big thank you to James for being on the show. I hope you enjoyed that interview with James Garner of Cogent Communications. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the Farm and Rural Ag Network. This is a network of agriculturally related podcasts, which I'm very proud to be a part of. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to their channel as well at uh, any of your podcast players or at farmruralag.com. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast with Tim Hammerich. Visit aggrad.com, that's A-G-G-R-A-D.com today to get connected into careers in the agriculture industry. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.